The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It is August 23rd, 2021. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Mr. Kevin Bradley. To my left today, number one chair, just peeing in a bottle. Nice. Yeah, like Lloyd Christmas. And then you have Dan James on the bottom of the screen. Hello. On the top of your hearts, top of everybody's minds and hearts. How is everybody tonight? How are you guys doing? I don't know. Did I mess it up again? Oh, no. No, no, no. You oh, fixed boy. it. You had it right. You had it right the last time. Got it. Okay. I want to talk to you guys about a kind of a scary statistic that I read today. Are you guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. 25% of all viewers of Home Before Dark on YouTube are unsubscribed or on are not subscribed. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. That's funny. 25%. Of wow. people that watch us on YouTube. Wow. Don't subscribe. So if you're watching and wow. you're one of those those lost souls, don't worry. You're at the right place. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell icon. I don't know if yeah, either of them do anything leaving. anymore. Yeah. Dan's leaving. I don't know where he went. He's not here to begin with, let's be honest. Yeah. I think he's taking a whiz. I don't know what he's doing. Nah, I spilled some tequila all over the desk. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to clean up. Uh, we have we have the normal faithful in the trap tonight. Elliot Beaven, Richard Gordon, Brittany S. Bradley D. A. K. A. Kevin Michael Bradley's D. Jay Hannibal <laughs> and Chiefs coach Steve. Yeah, see, people are yeah they've been subscribed for years. The other thing is hit the smash the like button. Like, what do you got to do to smash the thumbs up button? What you got to do? Mm. Uh, how you boys doing tonight? Good. Good. Nathan Explosion is subscribed. The famous Nathan Explosion of Metalocalypse fame. Subscribed. You guys have heard it here first. Good job, Nathan. Good job. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, it's not raining. That's a like a first for a while. Like it's, a, it's, for a few. It's raining. It's raining winds for Atlanta United right now. That's very true. We are. How many points do we have since? I became a dad right since I became a dad. Uh, we're how like, many since you became a dad? I don't know about that. We're like four, one, and one, right? <laughs> Some like shit that. like that. I mean, Something yeah, like that. that's. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and say I am responsible. Angie right. and I are responsible. I think, I, I think yeah. that math checks out. It does. 
You know what else? Four wins and then four points for your boy on Saturday. (laughs) I I told you guys, you guys better be scared. You guys better be scared because I'm coming for you. So what I'm really annoyed about is you're probably going to overtake me. You both have big weekend this weekend. Um, Tim actually picks up six points on the week, but with the correct call for the DC United game with two, one, and one of those goals being from Joseph, Dan picks up three points also with a two, one call for Atlanta, but his goals he called were from Bello and Barco. So nothing there. I called a one nil loss against DC. So egg on my face. Um, then for Toronto, Tim picked up two points, one for the result, and then one for a Barco goal. Dan picks up one point for the result. I also pick up two points for the result and a Barco goal as well. Uh, so big week all around. I will hopefully have the running tally of points going into next week's match because I've got to do something with all these index cards laying around that I keep piling up on the desk so it's a it was a beautiful weekend i will say i just wanted to point out Brittany s's comment i know we'll get into this she says the last 10 minutes of that game was stressful which one how which one this the one on saturday for sure like how nice was it that it's like one of those like uh i don't know there's like a luxury stress you know what i mean like yeah the return of tortellini time is back boys like <laughs> this is the first time i can remember in a while like feeling easy. feeling nervous during atlanta united games especially closing them out and uh yeah these past two games for sure we're new, up new face in the trap gully cuban 13 joining us from twitch not i love that, it not a new name Who that's, is gabe that? La- that's gabe lajas boy oh, Hook on a. oh that's great well that sounds like a personal problem dan that's not on us because i can hear tim but he can hear me Yep. Maybe charge those AirPods every once in a while. They don't just yeah. last forever. Did yeah. you plug it it's, in? It's not a Dan load, you know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Dan, can you hear us? This is oh. like a 1990s Verizon commercial. Exactly. Have a great show. What is that? What are you listening to, Dan? We're get- What the hell? <laughs> okay, what? I'm back. What? Okay. Dear God, what was that? Have a great show. Do you have like a recording of me <laughs> no, like before a... you record? That's like have a great <laughs> that's show. My, You're that's gonna my... be a good host. Affirmation. Have a great show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um when you test your audio in Streamyard. That's the little jingle. Oh. That comes <laughs> See, great. I thought it was a positive affirmation. I thought it was like your pump up music before I the game. So too. Yeah, <sighs> before the show. Yeah, I definitely yep. thought that's what it was. Yeah. So, did you watch Ted Lasso? Then I haven't Not seen. Yet. We haven't. I we haven't watched the last episode. I don't think Kevin's caught up at all on season. I'm two. waiting until they're all out, and so that's I started White that's, Lotus this past weekend. So that's, that's a good I've decision. Yeah. Yeah, going week to week on shows is so weird now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 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 very hard to do. So we're waiting for Alone to finish, and we're waiting for Ted Lasso to finish too. I think uh, we we're, I think we'll probably stop. I think we're three episodes into the second season of Ted Lasso, but being able to like sit and binge, not that we have time to just randomly go and watch you know, tons of TV right now. But uh, there's a couple shows that I'm good to go week to week on. You know, what we do in the shadows is one of them. A lot of the trash TV that we watch is week to week. Uh, I'm just glad The Walking Dead's ending finally. That final season stopped or started last night. So that's my week to week show, really. 
Oh really? I'm waiting till it all ends and then Dude, I'll just I'm binge so glad it's ending. like five I'm so seasons. Glad it's so glad. I haven't watched that show in like eight years, I think. It's been so long. I'm so glad. Yeah. Anyway. Too committed at this point. Best episode of the season uh, of MLS was probably Saturday, right? Is that the best, best episode, episode of the season? The season. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It was entertaining. I, one thing I want to ask you guys, and, and maybe I'm just being cynical, and I don't want to be a cynic, but looking at Twitter, Rob Valentino, I can't tell if people want him to stay on as the manager or if they hate his tactics. Because everybody's like, I, I, I think criticizing a lot of the last few matches because we've not had great halves and then and we still come out with wins is is it just a, like human nature to try and just be upset about something or find flaw in something yeah i think i think that's that's natural i think the real thing is you want to you want to get on something before nobody else has uh has got onto it I think that's the real thing. So, you know, you zig when a zag. So if your team wins, you'll be negative. But if a team loses, yeah. you'll be positive. So I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to enjoy the ride right now. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. So, yeah. I mean, people four, people do what they want to do. Four, four matches in a row, no moral victories. Like, what else can you ask for? <laughs> like this, <laughs> we, don't have to, we don't have to talk about moral victories anymore. Like, we're actually winning fucking soccer games. Yeah. Yeah, I it's think that, fantastic. I, I think everybody's going to be, there's always going to be the people, myself included, that think that things could be better. And certainly they can be. But at the same time, the results and the points on the board can't get any better whenever you're getting three points week over week and game after game. So um, from that standpoint, you know, looking at almost even on goal differential, which is a big change for this team as well. Um, statistically right now in the season they seem to be riding the ship uh you know four wins in a in a row actually puts them at 500 between their wins and losses obviously with the nine draws um that's kind of kept atlanta in the mix this season but four wins in a row man i mean that's four of their six have happened in their last four games that's a hell of a trend right now uh i just hope they can sustain it yeah, you think like the new manager bump coming in um, when we play Nashville, you think Pineda, you know, they want to be performing for Pineda, even though they've kind of already had his gaze on them for a, a few games now. But yeah. you just hope you just hope that Pineda doesn't come in and we just slump again because <laughs> yeah. then the fan base is going to go off the deep end. Well, I yeah. think that's what is so valuable about keeping Rob in the mix is that mm-hmm. you'll maintain some consistency in the managerial staffing that previous managers didn't really have whenever they came in. You know, FDB brought his guys in. Heinze did the same. There wasn't really anybody within the locker room that was kind of had some tenure or some buy-in from the team with either of those managers. So I think that that's going to have some sway. And even if, if for no other reason getting the, the players to buy in, which I think is um, a given, uh, I think it's just, I think it's a, a good opportunity for the team going forward, even with Pineda coming in and wanting to sort of put his stamp on it. I think he's been around the league enough and knows where this team is right now in the standings and that 
anything can happen once you get to playoffs. And I think he understands what that system entails in MLS that I don't know that FDB or Heinz are really understood, just not being so familiar with MLS. And I think Pineda is well aware of that and is going to do what the team needs to do to get us there. I hope. Yeah, I hope so too. But, yeah. you know, I think it's good that we've kept Rob. I just don't, because Rob's been there through since the beginning, I believe. Um, but I guess it's just in what capacity has he, has right. he been there? So, right. You would think he's going to have a larger role in the running of the team now. I don't think he's going to be the main assistant, right? I think Pineda has his guy that he's bringing in from, uh, fuck, I can't remember which uh, Liga Mackey's team. But he's bringing in um, one of his assistants from from Mexico, from what I remember from the press conference. But then Rob would probably be the number three guy, I would imagine. But like you would think Pineda already says he's not really going to change a lot tactically, um, which I think a lot of people were upset whenever they saw Sadich. Or, yeah, it was Sadich was like the sole midfielder whenever they unveiled the lineup on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think – I don't know. I'm hopeful that, that things aren't going to change a ton. Uh and then we're just going to keep on rolling. And then Rob, maybe Rob Valentino, this is like an example. If if and when, I say when Pineda succeeds, this is an example for other teams to go and poach Rob Valentino for a bigger job because you're getting a successful MLS assistant. Like if you get my train of thought there, it's like it's a it's a proof of concept, so to speak, bringing in a, an assistant um, yeah. MLS manager to, to succeed. I mean, you want your talent to be poached because then it shows that you're doing, um, you know, you're, you're, you're hiring good people and, and making good decisions. Um, so you, you would hope that Rob come, gets a, a head coach job yeah. at some team at some point. So not really about talent being poached per se, but it is All-Star Week and it's a little separate from matches or uh, Atlanta United, but Atlanta United does have a couple call-ups for – the all-star game we wish them well hope they stay healthy especially um is it just miles and bellow that got called up for that i think so yeah gotcha i think so yeah um and real quick wanted to shout out matthew talbot saying he's finally watching us uh live for the first time thanks for for joining us um happy to have you aboard um yeah i think it was just those two I think it's just those two with as well so I haven't been paying much attention to the All-Star game. I've heard they brought back the slam dunk contest, so that's good. I just hope uh, they have Guzan mic'd up again, or whoever's they, in the ball, I should say. Oh, I hope they have all 11 players, all 22 players mic'd up on the field. Oh my I'm God. all for it. <laughs> what, who are we playing in the All-Star game? It's the Liga Mackey's All-Stars. So it's an actual oh. all. I think it's it's like an, a continental all star game, which is kind of fucking awesome Whoa. because it's not it's not just Real Madrid sending in their shit B squad in the middle right. of like preseason, which it used to be like in July or at the end of preseason, I guess. But now you're looking at Liga Mekis. I guess preseason still right because their fall season is about to start, or their I don't they do two seasons in the year, and I can't remember when. Sure, and the Apertura. I'm not sure which one is which. But um, yeah, no, maybe I guess it is. No, it's underway right now. The Apertura is underway right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's really exciting. I think that should breed a little more excitement than not getting to see or getting to watch not Ronaldo come play MLS All-Stars. Right, right. 
yeah, it should be fun. I'm kind of interested to see what little contests they put on because they're they're going to be doing that for a little while, aren't they? I'm not. Yeah. I'm just not familiar with All Star. It's such they're, an American thing. Yeah. No. It's um. Yeah, they're doing the skills challenge because I did. I saw that clip of Nani like bending it in with the outside of his foot from the corner, like off of a half volley or something like that. And people shitting their pants over that. So uh, I think he's going to be part of the skills challenge. I don't know. They still have shit hair though. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's never going to change. Carlos Rangel. Yes. Saying that they, uh, Liga MX, just finished their sixth match week. Um, yeah, I, I'm again, I I'm hoping you're right, Dan. And I think it was Carlos Rangel last week who, uh, I'm glad his name popped up called it the new, new manager bump. And I hope that that, um, I, th- I hope that really hits again. Cause that would be, that would be lovely. Well, it's just cause they've been playing guys to their strengths. Like we were saying last week, and it seems as though they're just so much more comfortable, uh, in, in those roles. You know, the thing is with, with the injuries, the two Ibarra and Heinemann, um, uh, you know, it's been difficult to, and, um, um, oh my gosh, Mo Adams, you know, we haven't got many defensive midfielders left. It's just Sadich and Rosetto, but Rosetto's more of a, he likes to get up a little bit more. So it's like, we didn't really have many people to start, um, with, but so, you know, he's just been playing that attack in what attacking four up front and putting three in the back and with our wingbacks popping up, it's, it's, it's been great to watch. It's been stressful at times, and I've been annoyed that we haven't taken advantage of more trances. And you know, but that's—I'm really happy with the position we're in right now. Um, you know, I've been saying all along, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. Uh, we've still got a long way to go, uh, but I'm hopeful now. But, but we, we shall see. We've just got to keep it up. There's a lot of pressure in, in keeping it up, but it looks like we are trending up potentially at the right time to make uh, a run into the playoffs. And, and again, I've, I've said it the past couple of weeks too. I think the, the back half of the season for Atlanta United is very favorable to get into that playoff position. So, um, you know, to your point last week, like you don't want to have to depend on other teams to take a misstep to get you there. But this past week was a hell of a great step in that direction when you get the best possible result out of Montreal and Philly drawing and sort of you don't really want either of them to win. So if they're both only netting one point, that kind of is the best case scenario for both of those teams that you've still got some games to play against and can make some moves against a team like Montreal, especially where I think we've got two games left against them on the rest of the season. So um, yeah, should be, should be fun down the stretch to say the least. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to see, I need to see one of those trending charts because we have to be, you know, the ones that go like oh, the, yeah. you know, the team yeah. logos throughout the season, like yeah. us and the teams are competing against. Yeah. I, I feel very good about where we are right now. And Kevin, I just saw the title for tonight's stream. That's what? fantastic. <laughs> Nothing can stop us. We're all the way up to eighth place. <laughs> oh, that's pretty, pretty fantastic. Cool. So, which game do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's just start with the first game. Yeah, let's start with Toronto. Uh, okay, let me remember. Oh yeah, Barco's goal. Um, yeah, I was. I thought we were going to do a lot better against uh, Toronto. I thought we were going to beat them more than one nil. Uh, I certainly but that, thought so after the first half. 
Um, I feel like the the through line between both matches is second half adjustments by opposing teams that Atlanta United didn't quite make the same adjustments to take into account. Um, that second half of the Toronto game was really, really ugly and a little disappointing, to be honest. Well, I yeah, mean, it, you have they kind of sandbag too, right? I mean, yeah. you know, uh, midweek game and bringing in both Pozuelo and Soteldo were coming yeah. off the bench, right, yeah. in the second yeah. half? Yeah, they yeah. brought in Pozuelo, Soteldo, and Kamar Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it's literally their three best players are coming off of the bench at halftime. No, absolutely. But that's the that's the weird thing about Toronto. There, I mean, they've got Jonathan Osorio, who's great. Uh, Richie Larea, Zavaleta, Omar Gonzalez, who isn't too bad. I mean, they've still got a decent team. But oh yeah, they've I, got I just don't understand sure. why they're just tanking so bad. That um, I think they're still bottom of everything. Try oh no, that. they beat who they beat. Um, they beat the shit out of somebody good, right? They beat the they beat New England, right? Uh, they did they give lost. New England uh, one of their last losses? Did they? I'm sorry, this is terrible. No, they. I thought they. Uh, Miami beat them three one last uh, this weekend. So yeah, yeah, Miami beat them three uh, one. Tim, to your point, they lost to New England two one. Oh, gotcha. For some reason, so I think they're they bottom of everything right now. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to see when. No, they beat, they beat. Win was they beat New England July seventh. So um, okay, so three months ago. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. Good point. <laughs> You're right. Three, two, they they played New England twice in the past month, and they <laughs> they beat be, they beat them one time. Sorry. I think they may have the worst loss this season though across all of the league. I might be wrong on that, but they lost to DC on July 3rd, 7-1. I think that's got to be the worst, right, this season? Yeah, and I think DC holds second place with a 5-2 loss against Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Will Bowron asking, who do you think wins Supporter Shield, Seattle or New England? I think it's got to be New England at this rate, right? I think it's New England. Oh um, yeah, they're they are absolutely running away with it, man. I mean, Seattle still could get toppled. Um, and I mean, nobody's going to catch them. I, I don't think anybody catches New England. I mean, they're up on Seattle by seven points right now with a game in hand. Oh no, Seattle's got a game in hand. Sorry, um, Seattle's got a game in hand, but New England's up seven points on them right now. I just don't know where that slides for New England. I'm trying to see what the back half of their schedule looks like. Um, I guess the one caveat to that is that it looks like New England's got some pretty tough matches on the back half of their season, as much as I hate to say it. Um, with Orlando currently in second, like Orlando could really define the East. They've got two or three matches against New England remaining. Um, two matches. Got- and then Philly's got one. Um, yeah, and then two against NYCFC. So, again, New England doesn't exactly have a coasting position to go through the back half of the season. Um look at Seattle and see what they've got to round out the back of theirs. But uh, yeah, it seems like new England would coast through, but at the same time, Orlando could really upset that one. Yeah, they do. You're right. They do not have a good road in. 
at all. In fact, it seems like the the road they've taken has been a lot of lower league, lower right. teams. Like right. they played Philly uh, once, um, no, twice. Sorry, and they've played NYCFC once. Right. So, yeah, they've um, they do have a tough road in. Interesting. I know it could be all. I just can't ever count out Seattle. Seattle yeah, has a pretty got... tough schedule, though, too. I mean, you take Vancouver out of the mix, right? Because Vancouver should again, right? No, they've been turning up some results here and there, Vancouver. But I don't a know lot of like are. a lot of Seattle's matches are against playoff teams. Two of them being um, against SKC. They have Colorado twice as well. Um, San Jose, I think, is picking it up a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think Rails. they're in the. They're, They're in the pretty playoffs, stuck yeah. in the playoffs now. Yep, Minnesota, Real Salt Lake. So I mean, neither team really has a has an easy road to the end of the season to that supporter shield trophy. So, I mean, even the the non playoff teams that uh, Seattle has, like they, I mean, they play LAFC at the end of the season, um, or towards the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a toss up. But I, I. I don't know. I you can't count out Brian Schmetzer team, but like the talent on on New England's New England's end and the way that they're doing things, like I I don't see anybody stopping them for that trophy. Playoffs, on the other hand, are a completely different story. Yeah, yeah. So uh, back to the Toronto game. It's weird because I mean we didn't. I certainly didn't feel like we were the better team, uh, especially in that second half. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the stats. Um, it, we seem to have dominated a lot of areas of the, in the stats apart from like um, tackles attempted. So we had 21 shots to their 14. Um, we had 26 successful dribbles to their 16. We had 14 interceptions to their 11. Uh, though they had 11 more chance, we had 11 chances and to our seven. So it's just interesting how that's all kind of going together. Of course, they had twice as many fouls as we did because we're the most foul team in the league. And we wear that badge with pride. Boy, that got real dangerous this past week, but I know we were not ready to talk about um, the match this weekend, but boy, against DC, but the fouls this past weekend were really, really rough. Um, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, looking back, Dan, to your point, just to shots and, and shots on goal, you know, looking at the, past four matches for Atlanta. It's certainly a promising trend. Um, Just kind of skimming through here. uh, Most of the games with the exception of LAFC have all been games with double digits bordering, you know, closer to the 20 shots counter. Um, Even back to the Montreal game, you know, coming off of games against like, Orlando City, where we had six shots, you know, um, it's nice to see Atlanta at least creating some of those opportunities um, against Toronto with 21 shots, only four on goal. But, you know, that's, in my opinion, something that the team's really been lacking and something that I think the biggest the biggest standout for me in that Toronto match was it was the first match that we got to see Luis Arujo uh, in the mm-hmm. lineup. And so the difference that he's made, particularly in the midfield, you know, we talk about just having Sadich there kind of on an island, but what he's been able to do to unlock that that gap in between the midfield and the forwards 
to me, has been the biggest difference maker over these past two games. You know, we can talk about what Atlanta may or may not be doing defensively to make adjustments in the second half against teams, but offensively, I feel like they've kind of stayed the course and what Luis has brought along with Joseph seeing to be on the right foot and getting those opportunities and people distributing the ball that he wants to see it, particularly with his goal just this past weekend, just slipping behind that back line like we've seen him do time and time again. You know, it seems like the offense is starting to click in a way that we haven't really seen it do consistently this season. Great. Good. Sorry. Dan. I, was, I, I, good I, thought, Dan, I thought Dan was going to jump in. No, I feel like he does. I, I get the feeling whenever he touches the ball that something special might happen. Um, like his ball control. It, I, I don't know. I told you this, Kevin, I, I think seeing our Araujo play, like he reminds me a little bit of Miggy and I probably get burned at the stake for saying that, but like his control on the ball and just the excitement factor that I have whenever he's, he's going to get going. Like, I don't know, some of the, the nutmegs that he's pulled off and some of the, just the quick one twos that he's had. And the, I I'm super excited about, about the team. Like, in I don't know, man. Like we've, I know people keep saying we haven't been playing very well, but I mean, what Carlos Brangel says, we might, we might not be playing well, but we're still winning. He said, let's, you know, let's hope we could start playing well and continue to win. I mean, this is, I mean, it's a league where if you can win while you're not playing well, you're one of the best teams. Like you're going to be one of the best teams in the league. I think like you have to kind of get through those, those stretches, oh, yeah. but like, we, I don't, I think we haven't really made a ton of mistakes. Like we may not be capitalizing on everything that we need to, but like, and I know that that second half again, like Toronto has more talent than they, than their results will tend to tend to uh, like let on. But I, I felt like, I don't know, getting, getting an early goal and then just like seeing the game out. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, there's it nothing just, wrong with that. I think it was just how, Boy, I mean, you look at the the Toronto game less so, but this past weekend against DC, especially, you know, was it Royer right that put in the free kick? No, uh, Reyes. What's his name? What's his last name? Uh, oh, you already Reyna. Yeah, Reyna put us in that free kick that everyone's like, "Oh my God, what are we paying Guzan for?" <laughs> um, and then it goes on to make several saves that if he doesn't make an incredible play game winning that game saves. is completely that, that game is completely different you know um and i know that you have to have those kinds of plays on both sides of the ball and i'm not saying that it's luck at all but um i think that's maybe the point that atlanta over the past couple of weeks has put their opponents in those kinds of positions to consistently do that, whether it's on set pieces or just in the run of play to consistently be threatening and put into an opportunity that without a miraculous save, the game could be completely different Uh, to that same point though, which um, Elliot Beavins kind of mentioning uh, the ref the refing also or officiating may also have some part to play in that, particularly whenever you start looking at DC's game where you get a little unlucky with something that was pretty obvious that should have been called a penalty. So luck plays a factor into any game. You know, it's just a matter of what we're doing to stop some of those chance creations. And I think that Atlanta could certainly be a little bit better so that you're not having to depend so much 
on that luck factor. You know, yeah. whenever you start looking at the the saves that are having to take place and the number. Of, I mean, you look at that DC game; they had twice as many shots as Atlanta United did, and twice as many shots on target. You know, that's not a statistic that I'm overly thrilled about, even though Atlanta United got the result. Um, yeah. You look at the Toronto game and it was pretty much a heads up statistically speaking between the two teams. Um, as far as shots on target, uh, Toronto had some less shots overall, but still, again, I feel like all of those came in the second half where had they done that the whole game, would Atlanta have been able to weather that storm? I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think the problem is for the past few games anyway, is, has been that, that lone, center defensive midfielder like the when martinez scored against dc we had five guys up against their back six so and luckily we were able to pull out but it's been it's been um guys like moreno barco and now rujo and martinez have been playing really well but they've just been playing up in the field and then when you put in bello and lennon who are also getting up you know, you're leaving the back fairly pretty exposed, which is, I guess, all just part of the game plan anyway. I mean, that's, you know, we want more attacking soccer, so you're going to have to give somewhere and just rely on the talent of your defenders to get you, uh, to carry you. So the thing is, when you turn it over in transition, it looks real bad because you're just out on a limb and you've got four or five guys already on the other side of the ball and now you've got to get back again. So it's... Um, it, it's getting those guys to come back and be able to help you out because, you know, there are times when it's looked frenetic at the back. Um, but it's just, you know, under hindsight, we've had a, a more of a slow, a lot more conservative buildup, but now we're kind of just loosen the reins and let them go. So we just have, it's, it's playing that balance and we're probably going to get caught out uh, more so, you know, in the future, but it's just, you know, this is how we have to win games. This is how we score goals right now. Yeah, and I don't know how much, especially against DC, you think about what what one of those linchpins on those players that plays that sort of dual role offensively and defensively, uh, particularly in the midfield with Santiago Sosa being out against DC. I don't know how much of that plays into that. Uh, statistic and that counter ability of DC to be able to capitalize on that. But again, if anybody needed rest this season, it's Sosa and we got to keep him healthy, especially if Atlanta is going to make a run down the stretch here. Um, but that's, that's something that you really need in that midfield as somebody, if you're going to allow so much of that offense, Dan, to your point to play so far forward, you've got to have somebody, a holding midfielder that I don't know that say that's really, did very well. I'm not saying he played bad against DC, but I, I just don't think he held up play enough to allow those players to get back to try to recover some of that ground. I think he's played as good as Sosa when he's been by himself. Uh, yeah. I think he's been, I think he's been pretty, pretty serviceable. I think he's done a lot better than I thought he was going to do. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's certainly been a good addition. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. Was, I thought, I thought it was kind of a hell of a find from the front office, to be honest. I give credit where credit's due, right? Like we, we gave a lot of shit to the front office for the stuff that they've been doing over the past couple of years, but to find a guy like that on, you know, trade him for some Tam, right? I think we just traded some Tam for him. So some gam, yam, wham, bam. I think it was one fifty cat, one fifty gam. 
That sounds right. For him. That sounds right. But then, to, I mean, to find a guy that can come in and just be plugged into the midfield like that, I, I think it's a fantastic find, especially when, you know, the aforementioned Franco Ibarra has been essentially out the entire season, right? Like we see it, we saw him for like maybe the first. What did he play? Did he even play 10 games? No, I think he played. Yeah, I think he played at least 10. Okay. It would be nice to get him back. I mean, he and I think he and Mo Adams, I felt like Mo Adams whenever he came back was a little rusty and then got injured. Really again. shaky. Really, really. Yeah. Shaky. And maybe that's because he got rushed back. I don't know if he was maybe he didn't look himself whenever he came back. So um, any news? Has anybody heard anything about Alan Franco? I have not. It did not seem good to be subbing off a center back at uh, what was he? Was it like 60 minutes in? Something like that? Was it the second half? Beginning of the second yeah. half? Hold on. I'm going to yeah. do a quick search real quick. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, so uh, Ibarra has played. He's played exactly 10 games. Okay. Yeah. That's of the 21, right? We've played 21 games at this point. Yeah. So it would be nice nothing. to get him back. I got nothing on Franco right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Carlos Rangel's point, he said the midseason acquisitions as a whole over the course of the uh the franchise have been good with Rometty, uh, Justin yeah. Merrim and Sadich. I, I have to agree there. And I think Araujo, I think he's, Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I think he's a very exciting player. I can't wait to see what he does as he gets more involved in the team too. Dude, I, Like I tweeted out the other day, I feel like he is just setting a mission to top every one of Tito's goals with the shots <laughs> that he's taken from outside the box that are just rockets off of his foot. I can't wait for him to sink one of those things because the stadium, I hope it's at home too, because the stadium is going to go nuts. Yeah. I feel like he is, he has the best combination on this team of, of flat out speed and then agility. Like you have Barco who is pretty fast and he's extremely agile, but, and then like Joseph, obviously. And then, um, you know, Moreno's got incredible dribbling and, um, I think he's very, very industrious as a midfielder, but like you look at that combination from Araujo and I, I see fireworks going off at some point soon. So hopefully to your point, it happens at home because that'd be incredible. Yeah. He had one where he just, I, he totally missed it and shattered oh, yeah. it. <laughs> but I was trying to think like, well, what's, you know, cause he, he skied a lot of them. So he's pitied a lot over the bar. So how do we, how do we separate, him and and the sort of the the bias against pity uh i would say that um Harujo looks a lot and just comes across a lot more as a positive person whereas pity did not have that personality well, so i think it's also kind of what's what's pushes Arugio it contributing to the build up build up a play too right like I don't think that pity's skying it would be so egregious had it not been inside the 18, sometimes right outside the six yard box. Mm, that's true. Yeah. You know, at least Arujo's is outside of the 18 on the few chances that he's tried it from. And it's not like there's many other options that he's going to go to because to our point that we've made multiple times, his team seems to get locked up on that 18 yard box boundary with six defenders inside and continue to try to poke holes through the back line, which just doesn't seem to happen more times than not. I'd much rather have somebody just take a shot outside and see what happens and and get on the end of one. It's not like he's doing it every time he's got the ball. And if it's a handful of times during a match, it's not 
it's not so egregious. Like I said, um, it's what he's contributing in the run of play offensively to create some of the opportunities and distribute the ball to other players that I think is making the bigger difference than what Pity Martinez was doing more times than not. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm 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 really excited to see how how Rusu does. Yeah, um, I think it it was the Toronto game, right? Where I feel like Joseph caught him on a beautiful through ball, and he just couldn't get it past the yeah, keeper. Was that yeah. was that against Toronto at home? Yeah, I'm excited about that. That's fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Nobody gets fucking hurt because that seems to be the seems to be the the, the all star curse is upon us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So another thing, I'll say another positive as we move into the DC game about Arujo is, um, I think he was he was sparring with Rayner on the side, but um, Rayner came up at him as Arujo was walking away, and he Arujo just turned around and was like, "What?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yet, I think it was Rayner was just like, "Oh yeah." yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But which is great because you want that you want that fire you want that passion you yeah. want him to uh, to kick stuff off. I, I don't yeah. expect a guy who looks just like Brazilian Justin Bieber to be so aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. just yeah, to stand down Yordi Reina like that. Yeah, I'd be. Uh, I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So moving on to DC. Anything else on Toronto? Did, did, I, I, I couldn't hear during the broadcast. Were they booing Michael Bradley whenever he touched the ball? Every fucking time. Yes. Insufferable. I love it. I love it. May it never end. Well, until his playing career is over. And then whenever he's coaching like his dad, boo him every time. Boo him every time. God knows. Um, so yeah, moving on to DC, um, biggest change to the lineup going into that match off of Toronto, which we had already mentioned, which was Sadich getting the start over Sosa getting some much needed rest there. Otherwise same lineup going into that match, unless I'm wrong, I guess. Yeah, that should be the same, same lineup. Did Lennon play the full match against Toronto or, or did he start against Toronto? I can't remember. Uh, Lennon he started yeah, Lennon, he yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. So then, yeah, it should have been the same same lineup going against uh, DC as what we had against Toronto, with the exception yep. of Stadage, which I think we've talked about pretty extensively. So, thoughts on DC match? Can we start with the officiating? Can we just get that out of the way about how ridiculous that shit was for ninety minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty piss poor. But then his. His, I was trying to look like this. Is, he's in his like third or fourth year of officiating. He's officiated eighty-one MLS games, which is really frustrating because you would have think that that's enough time to uh, figure out how to, to referee properly. Well, what's crazy to me is I don't know if you listened to what Longshore was saying at the beginning of the broadcast, but he's ranked like. 27th out of 28 officials as far as fouls called during a match Mm -hmm. and 27th or 26th out of 28th for cards shown during a match. Like that's not a stat I would want to have next to my name. I wouldn't want to be first and I certainly wouldn't want to be last in that category. Well, he ended up dishing out five red cards on this one, four for DC, which was completely warranted. I mean, they were 
Good lord, man. They were just being ridiculous. I'm surprised we didn't see a red, but I guess that's because Canals got subbed off. Yeah. Um, but oh. yeah, it was awful. It was awful. I think Bar- what do you get? Barker got nine fouls. Foul the nine thing times. that got me was the blatant slide tackle in the back that got no ball that Barco just I mean he drew he drew a yellow for at at that point had been in the 60th minute, I think, at that point, and we're showing yellows for a blatant foul in the back on a breakaway for Barco, who's already been fouled nine times at that point. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. And then not to mention like the the elephant in the room, right? That penalty. That wasn't a penalty. Yeah. Well, yeah, so forget forget the the ref on the field. The VAR didn't even exactly signal down. I don't understand that at all. Like, yeah. is it because, like, I don't know, and and this may just be memory failing me. Like, it looked like he left that foot out intentionally whenever he went for the ball, um, or that it was in an unnatural position, but maybe that was the reasoning for it, was that, like, in the way that he played the ball, that his foot was in a natural position that was unavoidable to make contact with Joseph at that point. Like, that's the only thing I can see as being the reasoning. But at the same time, to Brittany S's point, like, I don't know how Bello gets a yellow for his tackle that was all ball on the other end of the field. Like, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. It's it's just I mean it's just MLS in a nutshell. It's just inconsistency. It it drives drives me nuts and and it's it's a it's a real problem in this country because you know even if they, I mean they're struggling to find refs for like my kids' games and stuff like there's and then you bring that in with the inexperience of of the professional refs at the MLS level. It's uh, man, it, I feel like it just highlights how much more investment referees need in this country. It's, it, it drives me nuts. Isn't it so. same? Isn't it the same, like horribly large barrier to entry monetary, like monetarily speaking, like for refereeing that it is for the pay to play for the club teams for, uh, for boys and girls growing up in the U S like, I'm pretty sure the cost and correct me from like, I don't know if Kendrick is in the, in the trap, but he, uh, I know he's, he knows all this shit about refereeing, but like, I'm pretty sure the licenses are extremely expensive comparatively to other countries to get in, in the U S probably everything's more expensive over here. Yeah. Um, um, so it's a rich kid's I, game. I mean, you can volunteer to ref, um, for, you know, like amateur games and stuff, but I'm not, I don't know what the process is to, to become a professional referee. To be quite honest, I don't want to be a professional referee. God, what a, like, yeah. Point out the problems and not find a solution. That's, you really are becoming American. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the most American thing you've ever done, Dan. Point out all the things wrong with the country, but no solutions to fix it. That's the way to go. I like Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) <laughs> what you gonna do about it? Well, maybe you could pay refs more. There you go. There's me. What about you? What are you doing to pay refs more, Dan? <laughs> oh, I'm freaking paying thousands of dollars for my kid to play soccer. That's what I'm doing. That's for the what t-shirts. are you doing? That's Good for the t-shirts. God, I'm not man. having kids. I'm solving the problem by not having more people play soccer. I'm I'm cutting it off at the source, Dan. You're the one having 16 of them. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I would argue that you're you're not helping by not having kids. <laughs> you know, like I like I often wish that I would have started playing soccer as a little kid. I didn't start playing until our junior year of high school, but I don't. We couldn't have. I I don't know that we would have been able to afford it. <laughs> Fuck no. Like it, it's crazy. Like I grew up playing basketball. It's twenty dollars. I only played two seasons, but it was twenty dollars a season to go and play. Like you got a you got a jersey, and you got to play 10, 12 games. Like and you're telling. I don't even they, know what our dues were in high school for soccer. Do you? Did we even have them? No, Just we didn't like have dues. Bucks? I don't no, we think so. I don't think we had dues because it I was, think we did though. Because nah, we got new jerseys and stuff like that. I thought we had something. It wasn't much though. It oh, you did. Like you, you guys did the year after I graduated. You guys oh, got like sweats. You guys got sweatshirts and sweatpants. Oh, yeah. I remember everybody cut like the people from high school on our soccer team because Kevin and I are a year apart. So. I I'd go, I went to college, and the next year, people coming like Matthew coming with full full team sweats. I'm like, what the f-? like? We're having to wear the same jerseys like year over year. And you guys play, are getting baby. you guys, <laughs> you guys yeah. are brand new sweats. Oh, good god! I'd be willing to bet Matthew still got his. Yeah, I just threw away one of my or gave away, not threw away, but like um, I don't know if they would sell it at Goodwill because it was all torn to shreds. But one of my uh, my last high school soccer memorabilia. One of those what t-shirts that we had. It was a, the long sleeve white shirt with the uh, names on the back of it. Yeah. I've still got, I've still got the old collar Jersey. That, that'll stick around. Nice. nice. Everything else is gone though at this point. So what do you think of Gresselin's game? Um, I thought everybody from DC United was a threat. I'm going to be completely honest. And what's his name? What's their uh, defender's name? Who was consistently inside of uh-huh. God Almighty? I was sick of seeing him on the screen. By the end of that, <laughs> yeah. So he's. I think he's normally a um, a right back, but he was playing as a center back. So I've, I'm, sure I, I'm assuming a right wing back. Well, I know he was everywhere. He was. He was all up. He was all up in a box, man. <laughs> well, save that for the Dan look. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just having to check out his uh, heat map quickly. Yeah, he was all. He I mean he was in our half as much as he was in his half. But yeah, yeah, Gressel, he played man. really well. Gressel, I thought was consistently threatening. He had one ball that he whipped into Kamara, I believe it was that he whipped in from like midfield that was just on a dime that Kamara mm-hmm. just didn't quite get the right pace onto. But yeah, he was consistently threatening, I felt like, um, and challenging Gressel. And it was just it was a fun matchup to watch. I don't think that he necessarily got the best of us overall, but um he certainly was threatening. Yeah, it was inter- I never thought DC I've never thought of DC as a pressing team. I thought they pressed us pretty hard. I mean, not yeah. like Red Bulls press, but it seemed like they were going with that, with that game plan. You know, if you press Atlanta, you're, you know, yeah. you're probably going to be have a better result against them. Um, so that was a surprise to me. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and then the, uh, I had a, t- I thought, I thought Moreno in the the past couple of games, Moreno's been playing lights out. He's been. Yeah one of our best players he's i mean i think i had somewhere he he could be considered if he keeps on this same uh rate of play the same form you know he could potentially get mvp uh of the league so it it's it's great because he came out you know when he first was brought in last year i thought he did really well i thought he was one of the bright sparks uh of our shitty shitty season um and he did 
he did great. He gave me hope for the future. Uh, and then this, you know, starting off this season, it, it wasn't great. But he's he's finally, I guess, as he's not thinking as much and can just play the way he wants to play, he's doing so much better, and it's so great to see. I just wish he had – I wish he had Miggy Speed, that's all. If he had Miggy Speed, I feel like it would just be game over again because I feel like he's a lot more – he's more technical than Miggy. Um It'd be, yeah, he's a great he probably guy. Would, he wouldn't be in MLS if he had Mickey's <laughs> with the skill that he has. We wouldn't have him. <laughs> so I guess we got to take what we can get. No, you're right, though, Dan. Like, it's been so, so nice and kind of relieving in a way mm-hmm. <laughs> to see Marcelino Moreno really, like, dig back in the way that we saw him last season. Yeah, I think and it, it just said, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it was a, not worrying, but it was a little disheartening to see like his his rustiness at the beginning of the season and maybe a lot of that was playing under hindsight but yeah i just think because the guys aren't thinking as hard as they were under hindsight it was it was they were all up in the head watch the next episode of tab lesso tim and they've got a great solution for it um yeah he's been playing great and it's just like and barco's coming back has has been such a revelation i never thought i would see it and it's been with him and Martinez. It's kind of you know he's getting there. He's still he's still out. He was still gassed by the end of the DC game. You know I was calling for them to sub on Torres, and of course we're out of sub opportunities. <laughs> but um, I never thought I would want Torres on the field as no. badly as I did. But no. yeah, d- I mean DC they were just I mean relentless with the with the uh, with the shots, uh, just relentless of it. To Kevin's point, I mean, that Guzan really, he played, he, he earned his 850,000 pounds. If we were paying him 850,000 pounds, there'd be, well, I guess now it's, now it's not <laughs> that big of a transfer, not that bad of a exchange, but yeah. Um, yeah. A Barco, only thing I got to say about Barco is 30 million or bust. And that's, I'll leave it at that. What's his what's his price tag at right now? Thirty Alzo's million. <laughs> Thirty million. I would say probably around the fifteen to seventeen million mark. Uh, I'm just looking on transfer market, and he's he's at ten, but he doesn't have a down arrow, a down red arrow anymore. So that's good. <laughs> but transfer marks, I don't know. I feel like transfer market's probably like a third of what teams will end up actually paying for their players. So. No, that's know. that's fair. That's fair. Um, maybe maybe two to maybe two point five, but it's yeah. I feel like ten transfer market's so low all the time. Which I mean, it's just a reference point, which is fine. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you're worth what somebody's willing to pay for you, right? I mean, it's a, yeah, exactly it's an adage that I think holds true. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody that's. I don't think any player gets overpaid for at the time that they're paid for. You know. Um, but Except for I don't Andy know. Carroll. Yes. yes. <laughs> hey, but we sold um, Fernando Torres one like one legged Fernando Torres for fifty million pounds. That, that oh yeah, but come on, look at look at what you made on Coutinho. I mean, that was an amazing <laughs> transfer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was that? One hundred and fifteen million. Yeah, and they can't. And now give he's away. shit. <laughs> <laughs> they can't give him away. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Like, where do you have him? I, I think 15, like, I think a break even would probably be around the mark right now. 
And it's um, right now it's not even a break even because you're you're thinking about how much you know, time you've had to like to reinvest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think 15 might be a little high right now. I think it's probably somewhere in that like 12 to 13 range. I can see him getting to that point like if he's got by the end of the season if he's playing like he is, he's probably somewhere in that 15 to 18, but it's still I mean as much as I'm all for this fucking streak that Atlanta's on. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to be negative Nancy here. It's still womp, four womp. games. It's four games. It's four games. That's not a season. He doesn't have he has not built a consistent season of play at the caliber and level he's playing at right now. And I don't know that without doing that, that his value is going to get up past that 15 mark, honestly. Oh no, I totally agree with you. I mean, yeah, you you're right. It's four games. He's got to he's got to show it for the rest of the season. Yeah. It's just like finally he's doing something. So let's let's keep right. it going. So right. and I hope Pineda's the guy who can absolutely can help unlock more of that potential. You know, we've yeah. seen that I think Valentino's been given the credit of how to unlock Moreno uh, Moreno and Barco Moreno. together on the same field. Um and to Barco's point, I think it's just been passing it off when you get into the final third. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, we hope that that continues and, and just grows. Yeah. Um, before we get to the download, can I, one of the frustration points really hit home on Saturday night. Um, the regional TV model really hit, like hit an absolute. You were fine. I know, I know, but it was, it's frustrating. So I just wanted to, I think this was in our Slack today. Um, it's from Jamie o, or Jaime Ojeda on uh, on Twitter, saying uh, I'm hearing that the combined value of the regional TV package for MLS uh, it can be 75 plus million dollars a year for uh, I, I think until 2023, or maybe from 2023 starting. Um, oh, because I think they're in negotiations. Uh, the league wants to put that batch of games on streaming platforms, ESPN Plus, Paramount Plus, etc., without market blackouts. And end the regional TV model. Sounds great. Music to my ears. He's saying the centralized sale of regional TV rights would increase the value of the TV rights of MLS. Although there would be teams that would lose. I can't wait for it to go to Paramount. (laughs) I mean, I'll just have to buy Paramount. I mean, it's just another streaming service for people to have to get. I I, I know what's got right now. If get rid of blackouts, I would gladly. Stop paying the four ninety nine a month for ESPN Plus and pay four ninety nine a month for Paramount Plus. Like it's is a it wash for me. That's not too bad. I'm ESPN sure. Plus is six ninety nine now. Oh, I guess I do the package through Verizon. It's Hulu and uh, it's still it, it, that price didn't go up. If you get Disney, Hulu, and ESPN all together, it's like thirteen ninety nine. Um, but he's also saying um, so. There are teams. So seventy five million a, a year would touch. Uh, Two and a half million dollars per team. Saying LA Galaxy currently has a five and a half million dollar a year individual regional TV contract with Spectrum. So there are teams that um yeah that would lose money, but at the end of the day, like I don't know. I feel like they would end well, up. I don't know how that works because like does it have to be an all or nothing deal? Like does every team Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's a collective or... bargaining agreement. You're a single entity league. I think that they buy in at the the league right. level if and I'm not I don't mistaken. Know that the Galaxies and LAFCs would like unless MLS can force it. Like I don't think that they can force those teams out of their regional they probably can't, but you're just going to have to do a contract with the teams that don't have regional contracts. So I think DC has one too. 
Yeah. Um, and then you know you just say, okay, well, you guys so you continue fuck, with that. So we'll do this. Couple, you fuck like three percent of the league, and then the rest of them are actually on the streaming service. So it's like ninety-eight percent of the league is on a platform. Yeah, I mean, unless you can swing it to just make everyone else have their own their own yeah. streaming services. So yeah. I don't know what's I don't know. It's five million. Yeah, I guess it is. Um, yeah, no black. I mean, if MLS wants to grow, you've got to not have blackouts. You should like everybody should have the opp- same opportunity to watch whatever team, no matter where they are. But but it's not just them, right? MLB does it with the extra innings package with Bally Sports. I think um, the Hawks, like the NBA, with the regional, I mean, they do the same thing. Like you can't watch without without uh, a cable subscription or VPN, and which I can't even get fucking VPN to work anymore. So with uh, with ESPN plus. So Justin Bosman, new name in the trap saying Atlanta, Atlanta going to win the MLS cup. I agree. I agree. Like, yeah, that'd be amazing. (laughs) That would be amazing. I wonder what the odds are on that. We need to go to sportsbettingdime.com. Let's check that out. (laughs) (laughs) So what, what tattoo, Kevin, are you going to get with the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, what tattoo am I going to get? Boy. Um, well, that's fun. That's been fun, hasn't it? That's been a fun story on Twitter. We just we all post that we're going to do something if, if, if Atlanta does something or somebody else does something. and Some will follow through with it, some won't. Some will just do it because they want to do it, and there's a reason for them to get it done now. So, boy, what a mess. What a mess. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. What a mess. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, any other points on DC before we move into our next segment? No. All right, let's hear it. Time for the Dan load. You got for us, Dan. You had a full week to charge your shot. Nashville are a really good team. If you watch them blow out DC when they beat them 5 2. It was, I mean, all of their goals, apart from the penalty, all of their goals were, were fantastic. You had um, an, well, an amazing header from CJ Sapong off, a, I think it was a, a Lovitz cross. Um, Hanny Mukhtar rocked it in from on the 18. Um, and Moyle, for their fourth goal, just took a, pa- took a cross. He was on the penalty spot, had to do a lot, had to turn his whole body around. Uh, and was able to volley it in past in the goal. It was it was really impressive performance by them, um, and I think that just just you know they carried on that with their one one draw with Orlando. Uh, I mean they they compared they had fourteen shots to Orlando's fourteen shots. They had forty four percent possession, and uh, Orlando took the rest. But it's it's still a really good team. And they showed that against Orlando in their past like five games. So it seems like a lot of their goals seem to come on transition as when it turns over. Um, 
they're right there. They're they're really good to get those front three in Sapang, Mukhtar, and um, either Godoy to support them or Lovitz, uh, and Leal can also come in there too. It's been um, – they're also really good on the switch to stretch you out to ha- to uh, spring in crosses. And so CJ Sapang is on a tear right now. Uh, he's doing absolutely fantastic and has enough muscle to outmuscle enough, you know, enough defenders. But I know I think I think if Franco can't go, I think someone like George Campbell can contain him. So one thing we did miss on DC was George Campbell's performance. He came on for like 18 minutes, and on uh, I think sofa score he still got a 7.2 rating because he had I think like three clearances and a couple of interceptions he he did he did really well so it's great that we've got someone another round in the chamber after we sell miles robinson for like a hundred million dollars to uh birmingham city <laughs> it's not gonna happen um so uh, willis has been he's been a fairly decent goalkeeper for them i mean he made a fantastic save against orlando um Orlando did seem to be the better team in the end, uh, putting a lot more pressure on Nashville, but uh, Nashville were able to to overcome it, especially with some saves from from Willis. It was kind of like the Guzan's performance against um, against DC, where he just he made uh, he didn't really make a dumb error on their goal, but he just had he just came up with the goods when he needed to. Um, so that was you know it's an it's impressive showing from him. Uh, unfortunately, they lost to Miami 2-1. Um, you just have to throw that one away. But Miami ended up being the better team who are also on the ascendancy, uh, beating Toronto 3-1. Um, it looks like Phil Neville has managed to turn things around for Miami, but we we shall see how that goes. They've had a Nashville have had a pretty um, steady lineup. I mean, it's been surprising. They've been playing in a three-five-two for all intents and purposes. You know, Sapong, Mukhtar have been the two up front. You've had a like a middle five of Lovitz, either Anunga or, or Dax McCarty. I think Dax McCarty's there, probably their their best guy. Um, you know, he's kind of like that Jeff Lorinowitz wall who will jump back. Why are you laughing, Kevin? Nothing. <laughs> just Continue. Laughing too. Just, all right. Give me more of your loads. <laughs> We're Doyle. all ready for the finish. Katoy, Leal, and Johnston um, have played very well. And then the back three is usually Romney and, of course, the man himself, Zimmerman, uh, the Erling Haaland of the back line, and Mayer uh, rounds out that three with, of course, Willis in the back there. Um, Let me pull up this real quick. Of course, they have 32 points. They're in 20 games. They have a game in hand on Atlanta. Um, one second. This is great. This is great stuff. All right, keep going, Dan. You got this. (laughs) All right, they seem to man, they score a lot of goals. Um, they seem to score most of their goals in the beginning 15 minutes, the after the last 15 minutes of the first half, and then the last 15 minutes of of the game is where they've scored their most with eight goals. They um, tend to concede at the beginning of each half. Um, I survived the download, and all I got was this T-shirt. Now, that was that's pretty unsuccessful. Um, Nashville, I guess we, we are currently winning the series 
two to one, and we've got two draws in there. It's going to be really tough, but we've got Nashville at home. I think this will be a this is going to be a really good test to see where this team is. This is a tough one for Pineda to come in because we're playing a really good team. So I'm probably going to go for like a one-one draw. Uh, I'm I think one-one as well. I think we have a lot of good talent. I think they have a lot of good talent, but I think they have a more cohesive system in place with um, guys who have played together without international breaks, uh, less injuries. Um, so they they are a terrific team. I mean, Alex Mule for uh, two of our center backs as well, or not two of our center backs, one of our center backs, two of our defenders uh, with Bellow and Miles. Um, Oh yeah! After an already short week, I think that to your, I, I agree, Dan. I think it's one-one. I've got Arujo breaking breaking through with his his first goal for Atlanta United this weekend. I'd love to see that. I'm going to go. go with Martinez. Okay. Tim, no, what two, you two one Joseph and Mar- Marcelino Moreno. Why not? I'm just going to hedge my bets the rest of the season. That's my score for every game, and <laughs> those are my goal scores. Oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah, new addition to the uh, Home Before Dark shop. Um, trying to share the screen. Shop. I don't know. Needs to be in Comic Sans though, Tim. Oh shit! You're right. The t-shirt you just flew up. Yeah, exactly. Hold on. I'll get that up just for you, Carlos Rangel. We need to play with one more than one holding midfielder, or or else we could give up some goals. Yeah, I agree. It's just who we're gonna. Who are we going to sit for do that? So, Carlos, who would you sit in order to bring another holding midfielder? And there's the T-shirt. That's beautiful. Yep, that is a beautiful T-shirt. I survived the Dan load, and all I got was this T-shirt. It really oh, harkens back. We need to get it like um, airbrushed, like a Panama City spring break style. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or it just says, or, I survived or, the just- Dan load. Or just as the Danload ha- knows no refractory period, <laughs> or or Danload twenty twenty one, just like <laughs> refractory break twenty twenty one instead of spring break. Um, <laughs> I wonder if the Twitter handle at Dan- the Danload has been taken. <laughs> Probably. Not, I think and you I, just ch- I think you just changed it on Peloton at least. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> to the load well, of Dan. that's good boy ah justin bosman coming in with the with the takes ronaldo should play for atlanta yep let's go for it let's do it all right so uh score predictions around the trap let's see what we got here um 2-2 draw from elliot beaven Brittany s 3-2 atlanta united justin bosman 3-2 atlanta um, Richard Gordon three one Atlanta. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully Atlanta can pull it out this weekend. Yeah. Um, anything else, boys? I'm trying to put together a lineup. Is there anyone you'd sit in order to put a, another defensive midfielder in there? No, I would sit. I would sit either Soso or Sadich and put in another attacker. That's just me, though. <laughs> no midfield. Just have it on both <laughs> sides of the field. Just let them do whatever they want in the middle of the field. We're gonna play we'll a four six. We're gonna play a four six. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think we just play a three six. 
Because then we go three, six, nine. Man, really. <laughs> Stop. Somebody cut Kevin off. Yeah, I don't know. Unless you drop a center back, play four in the back, and then you could move someone into the to the center midfield. I don't know. I kind of think this is the way you go right now. This is the way. And in just the words of Marcelino Moreno, this is the way. Just tell Sosa or Sadie to say, "Look, you know, this is uh, what you got to do. You got to, you got to suck yeah. it up, Buttercup." It's only Nashville who are playing freaking lights out right now, but well, it'll be a good test for Atlanta, you know. Right. I mean, look, four four in a row for the first time since 2019. I'll take it. We're in good shape, even if we draw or drop one. Obviously, we want to win every one right now. Uh, we we really should be, but you're that's an unrealistic expectation. You're gonna lose a couple. Um, and you're gonna you're gonna draw a couple. So we'll see. We'll hope for the best and plan for the worst. Either way, we'll be here next week to celebrate or console you all. Thank you so much for joining in the show. You can hang out with us all online. Dan at the Dan Load on Peloton. Where mm-hmm. on Twitter? Yeah, good point, Carlos. You can make Anton Walk step up and play in midfield uh, or sit Barco. Uh, I don't think we want to sit Barco. Uh, No, I'm just going on. Um, (laughs) The only thing, Walks hasn't played that. I don't think he's played that center defensive position since Portsmouth. But that doesn't mean he couldn't do it. So, yeah. See how it goes. Tim, where can they find you at? Oh, sweet. You can find me at Tim Herb on Instagram. And as I'm showing on the screen, the download on, on Twitter is not yet taken. It probably will by the time somebody listens to this show tomorrow. So, yep. Yeah. Because um, somebody snagged my Architects. Twitter handle. <laughs> find me at the architects at the underscore ARC number one T E C T collectively at home before dark. That's before spell B and the number four. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us each and every week. We'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. Yay.